The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith. And you are listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. The archives are always available 24-7, so you can come back to the show page or check it out in iTunes, or you can look it up at comebacktoyoursenses.com on my website. So today we're talking about seasonal affective disorder. And I'm sitting here overlooking the uh, Ottawa River at all the beautiful colored leaves that are changing. And it's clear that we've got another season change on our doorsteps. And it seemed like a good time then to speak about these inner changes that so often accompany those dramatic shifts in weather and nature. And as we round into the fall season and then again the upcoming change from the fall into the winter... You know, clearly weather affects people's moods and sunlight breaking through the clouds can lift our spirits. Just like a dull, rainy day may make us feel rather gloomy. It's really common for people to notice the fluctuation in the way that we feel when the sun is shining and when the clouds roll in. But these shifts in moods do not generally affect our ability to cope with daily life. However, that's not the case for some people who are vulnerable to a type of depression that follows a seasonal pattern. For them, the shortening days of late autumn and the beginning of a type, it really brings in the beginning of a type of clinical depression that can last until the spring. And this condition is called seasonal affective disorder, or referred to as SAD or SAD. Now, this disorder is also known by a variety of other generic names, such as winter depression, winter blues. Even people experience summer depression at the changing of the season into the summer, or the summer blues, or just seasonal depression. SAD is a mood disorder in which people who normally have balanced normal mental health throughout most of the year experience symptoms of depression in the winter or the summer, spring, or the autumn, 
year after year after year. And in the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Health Disorders, SAD is not listed as a unique mood disorder. However, it is specified under the category of major depression. Now, symptoms of SAD may consist of difficulty waking up in the morning, morning sickness, a tendency to oversleep and overeat. And this is especially true of a craving for carbohydrates, which leads to weight gain. Other symptoms of SAD include a lack of energy, difficulty concentrating, concentrating on tasks or completing tasks, often a, a withdrawal from friends, family, and social activities, and a decreased sex drive. Now, all of this can lead to depression. Pessimistic feelings of hopelessness and often a lack of pleasure, which characterizes a person suffering from this disorder. People who experience spring and summer depression show symptoms of classic depression, including insomnia, anxiety, irritability, decreased appetite, weight loss, social withdrawal, decreased sex drive, and sometimes even thoughts of suicide. So the history of this seasonal affective disorder was first reported and named in the early 80s by Dr. Norman E. Rosenthal, and his associates at the National Institute of Mental Health. Rosenthal really had a personal interest in this because he was motivated by his desire to discover the cause of his own experience of depression during the dark days living in the North U.S. winter. Rosenthal theorized that the lesser amount of light in the winter was the cause. So he and his colleagues then documented the phenomena of SAD in a placebo-controlled study utilizing light therapy. And then he published a research paper in 1984 on the subject. Now, Rosenthal's ideas were initially greeted with skepticism However, SAD has become well-recognized, and his book, written in 1993, Winter Blues, has become the standard introduction to the subject. There was another scientist doing research in the United States in as early as the 1970s when Herb Kern, he was actually a research engineer, And he had also noticed that he felt depressed during the winter months. And Kern suspected that scarcer light in the winter was the cause, so he discussed his ideas with the scientists around him at the National Institute of Mental Health, 
who were working on bodily rhythms. They were intrigued by what he was proposing, and they responded to him by devising a light box to treat Kern's depression. Now, Kern felt much better within a few days of treatment, as did the other patients that were treated in the same way. That's where we first see that approach of using a light box therapy. If we go back even further and look into the origins of SAD, it's common that in many species, activities diminish during the winter months. And in response to the reduction in available food and the difficulties of surviving in cold weather, well, hibernation is an extreme example of that. But even species that do not hibernate often exhibit changes in behavior during the winter. So it has been argued that SAD is really an evolved adaptation in humans that is akin to a hibernation response in some of our remote ancestors when presumably food was scarce during most of human prehistory, and a tendency towards low mood during the winter months would have been compensated for by reducing the need for calorie intake. Now, the dominance of women with SAD suggests that the response may also be related to the reproductive system. And Dr. Christine Northrup, uh, author of the book Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, shares her wisdom about the relationship between PMS and SAD. As the seasons change, women are more likely to experience premenstrual syndrome, syndrome PMS. And women with PMS are more likely to experience SAD. Now, this occurs because when light hits the retina, it directly influences the entire neuroendocrine system, our immune system, via the hypothalamus and the pineal gland. In one study, patients with PMS responded significantly to treatment with bright light. Their weight gain, depression, carbohydrate craving, social withdrawal, fatigue, and irritability were reversed within two hours of full-spectrum bright light in the evening. So this is not so surprising because both natural light and carbohydrate consumption increase the serotonin levels, which ease depression. So living under artificial light much of the time without regular exposure to natural light not only can profoundly affect the regularity of menstrual cycles, but it can also create PMS. So the link between PMS and SAD is a profound example of how women's wisdom is simultaneously encoded in both the cycles of the seasons and our monthly cycles. SAD is to the annual calendar 
as PMS is to the monthly cycle. And the natural tendency for women to turn inward during their premenstrual time of monthly cycle is reflected in the natural tendency to turn inward during the autumn of the year for everyone. All of nature reflects this wisdom back to us in the fall and in the winter. The trees send their energy down into their roots, where profound activity and revitalization go on even though it's not very obvious to us. So there is that link, that link between PMS and SAD and light. So treatment for seasonal affective disorder includes light therapy, or phototherapy as it's called, psychotherapy and medication. I'd really recommend that you don't brush off that yearly feeling as simply a case of the winter blues or a seasonal funk that you have to tough out on your own because you can take steps to keep your mood and your motivation steady throughout the year. Less daylight during the fall and winter causes depression in some people. Other factors contributing to seasonal affective disorder may include genetics and age. And chemicals in our brain are involved in the regulation of mood and functioning. Melatonin is a hormone that our brains produce during the hours of darkness. So it's involved with the regulation of sleep and body temperature and the release of hormones. And as with any hormone, the amount that is produced is an extremely significant factor. People with SAD simply produce too much melatonin. And this disrupts the internal body clock, leading to depressive symptoms. So if you have had episodes of depression that clearly have an onset in the fall or the winter, followed by the remission of symptoms in the spring or the summer, then you may have SAD. The symptoms of the winter onset of seasonal affective disorder include depressed mood, irritability, hopelessness, anxiety, loss of energy, social withdrawal, oversleeping, the feeling like you want to hibernate, a loss of interest in activities that you normally enjoy, Appetite changes, especially as mentioned, the craving for foods that are high in carbohydrates such as potatoes and pasta, rice, bread and cereal, which of course go hand in hand with weight gain, and then difficulty concentrating and processing information. So the incidence of seasonal affective disorder increases in people who are living further away from the equator. And the statistics in the United States 
include that this disorder occurs in about 5% of adults. However, up to 20% of all people have some symptoms of the condition, even though they may not be significant enough to be diagnosed for the disorder. Seasonal affective disorder is about four times more common in women than in men, and the average age of people when they first develop this illness is anywhere really from 15 to 25 years of age. However, people of all ages can develop seasonal affective disorder. I just want to share with you a little synopsis here from someone that is living with seasonal affective disorder and just some of their comments on what that is like for them. The person says, My SAD first started in late September with mild anxiety. In early October, it escalated into what felt like a panic attack in the night. This left me nervous for weeks and with very high anxiety levels. This anxiety continued in waves, making me quite depressed and caused withdrawal from friends. Around Christmas, I began to get aches in my lower back, the back of my neck, and also mild headaches. I also develop an extreme lack of appetite. And during this time, I had crying spells, fatigue, and a constant kind of background feeling of anxiety and fear for no apparent reason. My sex drive and emotions were very low, and getting up in the morning was very difficult. Going to work, however, often made me feel a lot better, keeping my mind busy. Weekends, particularly Sunday evenings, feel worst when my mind is allowed to dwell on the feelings of SAD. So there's one example of someone that is currently living with this disorder. Now, although there's no specific test that you can take, you could ask yourself these questions to determine if you have that kind of predictable pattern when seasons change to fall and or then to winter. So here are the things you can ask yourself. Do you typically have less energy? Do you sleep more but awake still feeling tired? Does your mood change? For example, you become more anxious or irritable, sad or depressed. Do you feel less productive or creative? Does your weight or appetite change? Do you experience memory, motivation, or concentration difficulties? Does your pattern of going out or socializing change? Is it more difficult to deal with daily stress? Is it difficult to feel enthusiastic about the future? Or is it more difficult to enjoy your life. So if you experience two or more of these patterns for two or more years, 
you may be affected by seasonal affective disorder. And this is different than major depression in that SAD is a cyclical type of depression that is usually experienced as the amount of daylight decreases and temperatures decrease. Even though the exact cause is still undetermined. However, SAD is believed to be related to changes in blood levels of the light-sensitive hormone melatonin body temperature, and sleep patterns. So the risk of experiencing SAD can be associated with higher altitudes, younger populations, and being female. Women really comprise 60 to 90 percent of all the persons that are living with SAD. Now most people with SAD experience major depressive disorder but as many as 20% of them may have or may go on to de develop a bipolar disorder, a manic depressive disorder. So it's important to discriminate the improved moods associated with recovering from the winter depression and the manic episodes because the treatment is very different. So in these cases of bipolar disorder, people with SAD may experience depression during the winter and then a hypomania in the summer. So that's an important distinction to make as well. Here's another example of a writing from someone that's living with SAD. I've never been a depressed person, but this winter has found me depressed. Everything makes me sad with bouts of tears for no reason. I feel very emotional. I'm so irritable and fly off the handle easily. I don't even want to look outside. My life feels like I have no purpose and I feel fatigue. I toss and turn all night long and never get a full night's rest. I have weight gain and hate the world these days. I find no more fun in anything, and I don't even like the things that I used to. I'm hoping it's the grim weather, and the summer sun and long days cures this. Another example. So really, what causes the disorder you know, doctors and researchers that are involved with the study and the treatment, they all concur that there isn't conclusive evidence to definitively state what the cause is of the seasonal affective disorder. However, everyone that's involved with the research and the treatment for the disorder agrees that SAD seems to develop from inadequate bright light during the winter months. And researchers have found that bright light changes the chemicals in the brain. But exactly how this occurs and the details of it affects are constantly being studied. While those specific mechanisms remain undetermined, factors like low vitamin D levels in the blood are found to be associated with a higher occurrence of seasonal affective disorder, along with some other depressive disorders.
So there is that difference between SAD and the winter blues, right? Because the winter blues can usually be helped with increased physical activity and increased amounts of light in the living and work environment. The people that are suffering more severe cases of SAD, they suffer sometimes need more intensive treatment. They may need antidepressants. They may need therapy, phototherapy, and counseling to help them cope. So the best approach really is to, if you're suspecting that you may be a sufferer, would be to discuss the symptoms with your physician or your mental health counselor. Now, antidepressants can be helpful in treating some people with SAD. And scheduling time to receive light therapy with specific light bulbs, which produce light that impacts the melatonin-sensitive hormones, can be helpful. You can educate yourself, family, and close friends about SAD so that they can gain understanding and you can gain their support. Exercising on a regular basis, preferably outdoors, or if you're indoors, do it near a window or a bright light. Get as much natural light as possible, which might include allowing the light to shine through your windows and doors, you know, sitting in front of a south-facing window for short but frequent periods during the day. You could try rearranging your workspace so that you're near a window and sitting next to windows in classrooms and restaurants. And when you can, even arrange your social outings so that they take place outdoors. Installing brighter lights, light bulbs can help. Some people even put lights on a timer in the bedroom and so that the, the switch will come on a half an hour before you're waking up. It'll be like mimicking the, the dawn and you'll be getting that light as you're uh, waking it's good to maintain the same daily pattern of waking and going to sleep. You can dress to conserve your energy and your warmth. And also you can conserve your energy by managing your time wisely and avoiding or avoid the minimizing of stress because that has a very big impact on your disorder. So you want to keep a simpler life. And whenever possible, it's a good idea to postpone making really big life changes until spring or summer. And for anyone, whenever you're able to, if you live in a cold climate, would be to arrange a winter vacation to a warm, sunny climate, because this this makes a big difference also to get that reprieve and from the darkness and then that infusion of light sometime in the middle of the winter, which many folks in the north are very accustomed to doing. So here's another little another little scenario. Ever since I was a child, I have had SAD in the fall. But I didn't know what it was until several years ago. Every September and October... I feel lethargic, weepy, irritable, and hungry. The symptoms are triggered when I go outside. The sun is hot 
but the air is cool. Additional sun does not help me. It makes me feel worse. An additional light is so annoying. People argue with me that it's not SAD. Unless all of the symptoms, if all the symptoms don't occur. This is also very annoying. My advice to people who want to give advice to someone with this SAD is to keep it to themselves. It only makes matters worse, especially irritability. I take vitamin D3 and other supplements regularly. So there's an example of someone that's really struggling with it. She seems to uh, have the symptoms of both the, um, the winter and the summer um, seasonal affective disorder. Really, you need to expose yourself to regular full doses of full-spectrum light if you are suffering with this disorder. There's lots of studies that demonstrate the connection between full-spectrum light and the serotonin levels. So a drop in melatonin levels enhances the feel-good hormones, including the endorphins and the serotonin, which help you feel both alert and calm. So this transformation occurs in the brain and as a result of being in more light. So that's why getting outside at noon for a half an hour walk on a sunny day during the winter months can often lift your mood greatly. And people who temporarily change locations to a climate that is brighter will certainly have the same kind of a result. The light treatment has also been called phototherapy. And phototherapy is commercially available in the form of light boxes, like Dr. Kern, the engineer, actually um, his associates uh, created these light boxes. And they're used for approximately 30 minutes daily. The light required must be of sufficient brightness which is approximately 25 times brighter than the normal living room light. So contrary to prior theories, the light doesn't need to actually be daylight from the sun. Although daylight from the sun is always the preferred approach, but it seems that it's a quantity, not necessarily a quality of light that matters in the light therapy of seasonal affective disorder. Now, although light is absorbed by the eyes, you never stare at a light box or light bulb because it can cause eye strain, headaches, and other symptoms. You just need to sit somewhere where the light reaches you out of the corner of your eye. Light boxes can be used during the day, even on a cloudy day, in the late afternoon, or in early morning or the evening, whenever it is that you're wanting that infusion of light when the natural light is dim. Oh, here's another little tale of woe to do with SAD. I've been on one of the following drugs for depression for almost 30 years. Prozac, Zoloft, or Paxil. 
It seems to hit almost everyone in my family after age 20 to 25. I grew up in Florida and moved to Arkansas. Right away, I had the SAD symptoms, even though I didn't know what it was. Now, at the end of August every year, I start a regime of vitamin D, 5,000 international units for a few weeks, and then move down to 2,000 international units, maybe depending on how my moods are responding. I do not usually take vitamin D in the summertime because I spend a lot of time outside. But as I grow older and may not spend as much time outside, I'll probably need to be on vitamin D all of the time. So there's a good example of someone that is using the vitamin D therapy and getting good results from it. Now, Holly Huntington has done research in terms of food choices that can sometimes ease or alleviate some of the debilitating symptoms that are most commonly associated with seasonal affective disorder. Now, people with SAD who are already experiencing mood and physical energy level changes Eating a food laden with sugar, which will cause blood sugar spikes and crashes, is just going to make matters worse. So really, as much as you're able, try avoiding these sugary foods altogether. This is one step that can really help diminish the symptoms of SAD and will diminish that drop in the energy and the mood that you're already experiencing during the winter. So on the other side of things, eating too much sugary food is just the opposite of not eating enough healthy food altogether, which is another one of the SAD symptoms. So you've kind of a double bind there because this one of the symptoms is it encourages you to go for those Uh, fatty, sugary foods, high in carbohydrates. So really what you're looking for, and all of us need this, whether we have SAD or not, is a balanced diet. But people that are suffering from SAD and other types of depression need that even more. Because the likelihood that people with SAD will eat less healthy foods is certainly, uh, uh, there's a greater probability because of the depression and the sudden diet changes. And all of this results in a lack of key nutritions, key nutrition being available to the body and to the brain. So getting proper nutrition is really critical to the formation of the mood-regulating chemicals and hormones within our body that aid us in balancing out these symptoms of SAD. The relationship between the brain chemical serotonin and the mood is already well established. 
And it's the reason that antidepressants, which work by boosting serotonin activity and production, are prescribed for people that are depressed. But certain foods, those that contain the amino acid tryptophan, have the power to affect serotonin levels positively also. So some of these tryptophan-rich foods are foods like turkey, chicken, fish, avocados, nuts, milk, and eggs. It's also been medically proven that those who suffer from depression generally also have low levels of vitamin B12. Therefore, some type of nutritional deficiency exists that, if addressed, could aid in the minimization of depression. And four of the foods that are rich in the amino acid tryptophan, fish, poultry, milk, and eggs, also contain high levels of vitamin B12. So it makes them even more appealing as additions to the diets of those that are suffering from SAD. And like tryptophan, the vitamin B12 is also instrumental in the production of serotonin, the chemical in the brain that can elevate your mood and can cause depression when the levels are too low. So for people that are living a vegetarian or a vegan lifestyle, foods that are high in magnesium, which boost the body's ability to maintain a stable mood and not dip into a cycle of depression, these foods are bran, rice, wheat, and oats, dried herbs, squash, potato, and watermelon seeds, cocoa powder, dark chocolate, flax, sesame seeds, and sesame butter or tahini, Brazil nuts, sunflower seeds, almonds, cashews, mixed nuts, pine nuts, molasses, dry roasted soybeans, and your garden variety of green leafy vegetables. So diet can really have a great positive, uh, positive influence on these mood, mood swings and the SAD. So here's another little scenario. I'm 26 and just realized that I have SAD. Last year I was feeling the same symptoms but didn't pay any mind to it. Now I find myself always hungry and buy a lot of carbohydrates at the grocery store. Every time I step my foot outside, I feel so nauseous and tired. I oversleep in the winter. But once spring or summer hit, I wake up early and sometimes feel refreshed. I look so forward to spring and daylight savings. I just came to the conclusion that I hate winter. It can be very confusing. You're having symptoms, and if you're not aware of SAD, then you don't really know what's going on with you, and you just endure and endure. And live really a compromised lifestyle because you don't know how it is that you can um, uh, balance that out or cohabit with the symptoms. So here's a little conversation about the symptoms of SAD in children and in uh, teens. And 
seasonal affective disorders present in all children. Research suggests that as many as 1 million school-age children and teens in the U.S. may be suffering from SAD. And recognizing SAD in children can be hard because symptoms may be less clear. They may be less clear-cut and generally milder than those in adults. The symptoms also occur in the months when children are in school, which tends to be a stressful time anyway. Problems with schoolwork can also be mistaken for psychological problems. And often it takes years before a child is diagnosed because the child and the parents are unaware of any type of seasonal pattern. So it's important to know your child. Have an open discussion with him or her about the things that could be affecting their behavior. It's also important to look for the warning symptoms as indicators that your child might be suffering from seasonal affective disorder. Kids Health reports that SAD symptoms may range from mild to severe depending on the child. You may notice that your child is irritable, moody, sad, or more sensitive to criticism. He or she may even be more critical of himself or herself and may feel worthless. Children who have SAD may lose interest in activities that they previously enjoyed, such as sports, reading, or even attending things like girl guides or dance classes or scouts or music lessons. You may notice that your child is often tired and has trouble waking up for school in the morning. They may have difficulty concentrating and they could have fatigue, making it difficult to complete schoolwork. Other symptoms of SAD may include overeating, eating foods high in sugar and carbohydrates, and spending more time alone than usual. So increasing your child's exposure to sunlight, whether through natural or artificial means, can help improve depression that's caused by SAD. Your doctor may recommend light therapy if your child does have SAD. During light therapy, your child wears a light visor or sits in front of a special light for approximately 30 minutes every day. Now, light therapy should continue until natural daylight hours increase because stopping therapy too early can just cause the symptoms to reoccur. You can use a timer on your child's bedroom light because this could also help to relieve symptoms. The timer turns on lights gradually during the dark mornings. So if your child suffers from severe SAD, your doctor may also recommend talk therapy. And as a last resort, treatment with antidepressant medication if the symptoms are so severe that there's an obvious um, chemical imbalance in the brain that's really debilitating your child. You can help your child reduce the symptoms by ensuring that he or she spends ample time outdoors. But if your child doesn't want to play outside during the winter months, you could suggest a family walk or you could provide healthy snacks that prevent that sluggish feeling that may occur 
when your child eats too many snacks that are high in sugar or carbohydrates. And while your child's suffering from SAD, he or she may need more help with homework due to problems with concentration. And really, it's a good thing to encourage your children to go to bed at the same time every night so that they can achieve the maximum benefit of the daytime light. Here's another woman that shares the story. She says, my sisters and I suffer from SAD. We feel as if our bodies don't belong here. It's like placing a chihuahua up north or a husky in Mexico. You're, they're out of their environment. If certain breeds of animals are only found in some climates, maybe it could be the same with humans. I was born in Seo Miguel, and my sister's friend came from Barbados. I have a hard time with cold weather, so I lock myself up all winter with blankets. I have a hard time functioning. Lights don't help. But the vitamin D helps a little with energy. And here is... um. Just some little tips here on how you can support a family member or friends that may be having symptoms of SAD. You know, obviously just spending time with with people that are suffering, even though the person might feel withdrawn or quite quiet, just to be company for them. You can remind the person that he or she will feel better with treatment and with time. You could offer to help with tasks around the house that may be temporarily too difficult for them to do alone. Now, obviously, it's important not to enable the person to remain in a depressive episode by taking over their responsibilities, but certainly being there to assist and lend a helping hand. You could take a walk or do some other type of exercise activity together. Getting out in the morning, sunlight for a walk might be helpful. And help the person to stick with the prescribed treatment plan. And always, if you have questions or concerns, then you can talk with a health professional about what you can do to help a family member who is depressed because of SAD. Another woman says, I had recurring seasonal affective disorder, SAD, for 15 years. Some years barely noticeable and some years quite severe. Light therapy has been effective up to this year. A change of jobs where I no longer face a sunny window may be a factor. My symptoms include waking up in a panic before my alarm goes off, a loss of self-confidence, an inability to make decisions and to face my to-do list, fatigue during the day, general despair, and an amplification of negative emotions. I also seem to binge eat late at night, even though I'm desperately determined to be on a diet. So I myself have suffered from seasonal affective disorder since I was a child, and it took me a long time. I suffered in silence for a long time because I didn't know what the cause was of my bluer-than-blue moods. 
it came always upon me as a child. It came upon me in early October, and then it would last till the spring. I just had that feeling always of just feeling trapped. You know, as soon as I knew the snow was coming and just the thought of the snow covering and the cold and the darkness and all of that was really, uh, it really affected me quite deeply and wasn't really anything I shared with anybody or really talked about. You know, but over the years, I learned to go habit with the cycles and to do the best that I could just to sort of ride the tides of the winter months. I know for myself, exposure to light really helped me at taking uh, vitamin B12, vitamin D. I also uh, found swimming and meditation helped with uh, just keeping my energy moving and uh, generating uh, a lighter feeling. I also noticed for myself that I really like white walls and and. You know, if I'm looking for a, a new place to live, I all, always need a bright home environment. I keep my curtains open. And just really aware of the cyclical nature of the disorder has really helped me to go through the cycles more easily and with more ease. So I certainly don't feel um, as affected by it as I did in, in earlier years. And um, some of the research suggests, too, that it, it is something that um, as you get older, that you maybe grow out of in a, in a way, but again, not really being sure where it comes from. I guess they're not really sure why that would be the case either. But there are different techniques that you can use to deal with um, seasonal affective disorder and mild depression. Some people suggest that even taking a multivitamin with minerals as well and the vitamin D can help. Practicing stress reduction or other types of energy medicine. The women who practice meditation or other methods of relaxation also have relief from SAD and PMS. Getting at least 20 minutes of aerobic type of activity three times a week, like brisk walking during sunlight hours especially without sunglasses, if you can tolerate it so that your eyes can absorb the light. And this can boost your endorphins. And it's estimated that half of all depression cases can be helped through exercise, through exercise alone in some cases. So going outside, spending time outside can elevate your mood. You know, when we're outside, we're breathing in a pure form of oxygen than what happens when we're indoors. And this can stimulate us to breathe more fully and be infused with that breath of life. Taking time to work in the yard or to take a walk in the neighborhood or to simply sit on the porch and watch the birds, all of these things can have a calming effect and, and can be also quite meditative. As we've mentioned, using light therapy. The folks at the Mayo Clinic, they say that light therapy mimics the outdoor light and causes that biochemical change in your brain that lifts your mood and relieves your symptoms. Socializing. When the winter comes, some people just tend to have less contact with friends and family and over time, a lack of social interaction can have an impact on your mental health. So one way really to combat 
seasonal affective disorder is to simply get out of the house to socialize with with other people, even if it's just one-on-one socializing. If that's really what you prefer, that will, you know, also make quite a difference for you. And we spoke earlier about eating right, proper nutrition, feeding your body the proper nutrients when you've got those moody blues. You know, it's especially important to maintain that healthy diet. When you lapse into sugary, junky food like candies and cookies and cake, then your brain becomes muddled. So when the junk food habit is combined with the blue mood, the effects of the junk food on your brain can send you into that downward spiral. So instead, try to treat yourself to foods that promote alertness and mental energy like fish, blueberries, whole grains, vegetables, and nuts will also do that for you. Some folks would suggest that you avoid alcohol if you're experiencing SAD because there's a strong relationship between alcohol and depression. Now, each can lead to the other. People often report that when they drink during the winter months, when they're already under the influence of those moody blues, then they're much more likely to feel down and to sleep well. Research indicates that there's a relationship between seasonal affective disorder and your sleep quality. So those who suffer from SAD often find that their circadian rhythm needs to be tweaked. So smart sleep habits can really help. And reading motivational books. There's plenty of excellent self-help books with tips and advice that can help you to feel better about yourself. So once you realized that your mood is related to seasonal affective disorder, then you can take some action on your own behalf. And this will assist you greatly in cohabiting with these seasonal changes. Once you know what the problem is, then it's easy enough to take action. So... Go out of the house and go for a walk or go to the gym or swimming or even put some music on and dance around the house. You can make plans for a meal out with a friend. Stop snacking and focus on your true nutritional needs because they will do wonders to elevate your energy. You know, and relaxing into a motivational book or even enjoying a novel. And absorb as much light as you can, even if it means sitting beside the window on those brilliantly sunny winter days. That's one of the things we have to say as folks up in the north. When it's bitter cold outside, it can be the brightest, clearest, most sunny, sunny day. Those days are just such a treat in the winter if you live in the north. Beautiful, brilliant, and the sun just streams in the window, and it's uh, hot and really can warm your bones and warm your mood, which is so lovely. So really, above all else, what you really want to think of is just really to pamper yourself. Practice random acts of kindness towards yourself. 
Now, these suggestions may not eliminate the winter blues, but engaging in these activities will certainly help you to be able to go through these cycles in a more nurturing and comfortable way. You know, we're all different, and anybody and everyone that has SAD is different, so you really have to go with what your own things are that are pleasing to you. I've made a lot of suggestions today that you can follow or you can help your family or friends that are suffering with SAD. There's lots of information online or through your doctor or any type of natural health care provider. So I hope you've been able to pick up some tips that are going to help you now to have a better, easier time as we go into these uh, season changes and the uh, changes that often come with our moods. It has been a pleasure to bring you this information today. I am your ever-grateful host, Leah Brenda-Smith, and I thank you for listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio and look forward to sharing with you again next week. And in the meantime, I welcome all of us to relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.